Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. This is the third part of our story, The Magical Book of Dreams. Esther, if you remember, had found a book when she took the other fork of the road on her way home. She wanted to read the stories and look at the pictures, but never seemed to have any time. This evening, she has prepared a candle so she can spend some time reading after everyone has gone to bed. What kind of adventures will she read about? The Magical Book of Dreams, Part 3 Dinner that night was a stew that Esther's mother made in a large iron pot, which was handed down within their family over many generations. This particular stew was not Esther's favorite, but her brother, as usual, ate like it was his last meal, which always resulted in her mother telling him to slow down and chew his food. Every night, it was the same thing. Just like her mother's pre-dinner singing was very much a part of their dinner routine. After dinner was finished, Esther helped her mother clean off the table and wash the dishes, while her little brother went to the bathroom to wash up. Esther and her brother both had some homework to do for school which was more important than their usual reading at the table. After her brother came back, it was Esther's turn to go and get ready for the evening studying. As she washed her hands and face, she looked, like every night, at the photo of her father hanging in the bathroom. The older Esther got, the more she realized just how much of an influence he had had on her even though she hadn't been able to spend much time with him. This was something her mother reminded her of time and time again, particularly when she shared her dream of seeing the world outside of their small village. She wanted to meet unicorns, dragons, fairies, and princesses, to swim in the oceans on the coast of the known kingdom, to see the flying fish and learn from the wise gnomes of the forest. She also shared her father's restlessness and found she just couldn't imagine a life in such a slow and safe place as Shirewood. Interrupting her thoughts, her mother yelled, Esther, stop your daydreaming and come out and help your brother. He has a head start on his homework and has a math question to ask. Esther sighed. Ah, coming right out, Mom. Esther came out to the table and sat down with her books and took a look at her brother's homework. You know it's been years since I have studied arithmetic, Esther. I think only you can help him, her mother said, as she also sat down at the table to read from her book. Looking at his workbook, 
she realized that he had already finished his numbers and was just trying to bug her. You squirt, Esther said. Her brother laughed. Her mother had set a large candle on the table. It was going to be a long session tonight, and unlike all the mystical lights that she heard other places in the realm used, they had to rely upon candles, handmade in a factory on the other side of the village. Shirewood was devoid of the mystic arts or magic of any kind, and the village elders liked it that way. Esther sat there for a while, one moment reading her texts, the other thinking about the book she had hidden away in her bag. She wanted desperately to read the stories written in text that was hard for her to read and which took more time to understand than the burning time of the smaller candles they used when going to bed. Tonight, she was more prepared, having found a candle that should allow her to spend just enough time to read through one of the pages of the book and the story it contained. Focus, Esther. You really need to stop daydreaming or you will never graduate senior school. Yes, Mom, Esther sighed. After the candle burned down to the bottom, it was time for everyone to go to bed to rest. Esther's mom gave everyone a hug and a kiss and sent them off to their rooms. Go right to sleep, you two. A good night's sleep will make tomorrow an even better day than the last. Going right to sleep was not on Esther's mind. She waited until the house grew quiet and then lit the larger candle she had brought with her. Carefully, she lifted the book out of her bag and set it on the floor of her room. She gently brushed it off again and slowly opened the cover, revealing the picture of the white castle she had seen before. She wanted to spend more time studying it. It was so different from what she saw in Shirewood, but she wanted to read the story contained on the next page before the candle burned out. She turned the page and slowly started to read the passage of text. I met an interesting traveler today who came from the desert kingdom far beyond the fishing villages of the coast. She came from a small village called Sandhawk and though still young, seemed to have the eyes of someone twice her age. The effects of seeing so much of the known kingdom, I would suppose. She was called Arava and was big and strong. And if I needed someone to wrestle a stubborn bear, she would certainly be someone I would choose. Most likely the bear would vanish once she stated her intention. Despite her obvious strength and size, she was one of the gentlest souls I have met yet during my brief travels. She still wore the clothes of her village, which contained the muted colors of her surroundings, which, 
considering that we were sitting in a forest talking over tea, made her stand out even more. I left my village a number of years ago, Arava related, right after I finished senior school. I had thought of going off to study the healing arts in the larger city in the north, but after studying so hard for so long, I thought a short break to visit the green trees of this part of the kingdom would be a deserved rest. Of course, that was a number of years ago, and I have yet to stop traveling. The journey was long as I had no money to buy passage by wagon or by dragon. Yes, we had dragons at the edge of our part of the kingdom, but they were few, and the price of such a passage, too much for most. She took a drink of tea then and continued. I left with enough food and water for the four-day walk across the barren plains that led to the mountains. I knew that once I got to the mountains, nature would then provide me with enough to eat and drink to be able to continue on my way. The sight of the mountains after the four-day walk was very welcome. I had run out of water far sooner than I thought, and my thirst was growing stronger by the minute. When I arrived at the wood and fell upon a stream, I was amazed at the amount of creatures that lived there, all in harmony. Large and small, they all seemed to talk to one another. My village was large, but the dryness of the area restricted it to just a small number. And though we all got along, we were much the same with nothing to disagree about. I saw large bears, huge birds flying in the sky, fairies helping flowers grow, and dragons swooping down from their homes in the mountains. It was the first of many magical places I would visit. I was very fortunate to meet a friendly dragon who allowed me to fly on his back high above the mountains which saved me from the long, difficult hike across the dragon realm to the rivers and villages bordering this forest. The flight was amazing, with us flying high above the clouds, and knowing that I had never flown before, he was kind and didn't perform any abrupt maneuvers. He said that the last time he helped a small gnome cover a similar journey, the gnome got sick and made a mess all over his back and on the gnome's face itself. I was thankful for his thoughtfulness. After we crossed the mountain, he deposited me near a village so I could continue on my way. This was a village that trusted the dragons because, as you might have heard, not all villages along the rivers leading to the fishing areas trust them. I offered to give him payment with what I had, but he refused and simply said that one day he might need a favor too. His name was Cadmus, and he was a beautiful young dragon. 
She continued to tell me stories over our constantly flowing tea with the confidence that comes from experience. The next year, Arava said she spent traveling around the river area, spending time fishing the golden seas to the south. She told me that she thought of settling, as like so many places in the kingdom, once the creatures of the area got to know her well, she was accepted and treated like one of the family. It didn't hurt that she could work as hard as anyone else, too. She eventually felt restless again and traveled away from the river region to here in the mystical forest. She had spent the last couple of years here studying with a gnome named Bixie. She described Bixie as the wisest creature that she had ever met and said he was providing her with an education in the healing arts that even the school in the north of her village likely couldn't provide. It was there near Bixie's home that we talked and where she introduced me to the idea of journeying to the unknown realm. For though she felt welcomed and at home in the mystical forest, she was again bitten by the travel bug and was preparing to leave. I had never heard of the unknown realm until that day, but the idea of traveling to a place that few have seen or gone to was very appealing to me. I thought I should join Arava, if she would let me, and travel to this place of mystery. She had planned on leaving the very next day. Esther, are you still up? Child, it's well past sleeping time, her mother whispered. Put out that candle and go to sleep. Sorry, Mom, Esther whispered back. She carefully closed the book and slid it back into her bag, got into bed, and turned out the light of her candle. As she laid there, she slowed her breathing for sleep. And as she gradually fell asleep, her mind was full of dragons, white castles, fairies, and gnomes. Images in her mind that she was as determined as ever to see in real life. And that's the end of this part. Good night, sleep tight.